Welcome to BroTrack, the only pro Bernie Sanders Star Trek podcast from two brothers. I'm Ed. I'm Ed. No, you're not. You're Nick. You're Nick. I'm Nick. Fuck, I don't want to be Nick. Nick sucks. Nick's got well, the coronavirus. Shall we engage? <coughs> Make it bro. So, uh, it's not only looking like it's the end of the line for the Bernie campaign, it's also looking like it's the uh, end of the line for, you know, whatever, like, human civilization, America <laughs> as a nation. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's One of the three are definitely going to die from this in the next six weeks, um, and that's Biden, Bernie, or Trump. Um, I don't think Bernie is capable of dying, not when we need him the most. But then again... May not be the the hero we need, uh, but or the the hero we deserve. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so as Biden I, rises from the ashes, <laughs> uh, I will tell you, uh, they're definitely not going to let Biden get coronavirus. They're going to be keeping him sealed in some sort of containment chamber because if he dies, uh, the DNC is totally screwed. Um, and what you know, again, this comes back to my nightmare theory of somehow Hillary Clinton becomes the nominee and loses to Donald Trump again, or in this world where Donald Trump probably does get coronavirus. And if Trump, well, that's the thing is one, Trump could die, in which case Mike Pence, and that's terrible. But on the other hand, Trump getting it and being like the, the like surviving coronavirus, no problem. That's just a perfect symbol of how terrible our entire world is. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. He's like, I, uh, I didn't get it. It was all a lie. It was all a total hoax. Liberal hoax, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we all totally believe that he got tested for it and it came back negative. Negative. That's definitely yes. true. We, we, we are completely convinced he would tell us the truth. But that's the thing. It's like, even if he really did have it, they're not going to fucking say that. They're gonna not going to be like, yes, the president has if coronavirus. If you were Tal Shiar, no would you say that you were? Nope. Exactly. Exactly. That is not how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to let us know that the, whether or not the president has fucking coronavirus. I mean, and um, to be honest, if somebody you know gets his phone and can tweet, he could be dead for the next six yeah. months and no one would know. I mean, it's not like yeah. he actually does anything except for tweet crazy things. Well, I will say, though, if someone was trying to imitate his tweets, that's really hard. The man the man is an artist on Twitter, and it would be like trying to, trying to fake, a, uh, fake a Da Vinci painting. Some, some random dumbass aide trying to impersonate Trump. We, we would all be able to tell it wasn't the real deal. But, I mean, all you have to do is take three words which form the basis of the idea that you're butchering. And then copy and paste half the text out of any other text he sent and throw those in there somewhere and you've got it with, with caps and exclamations. Yeah, but, did you, but what makes what makes him an artist on Twitter is the esoteric stuff. Like, you know, uh, like when he... When we when we when we assassinated Suleimani, and then he tweeted not just an American flag, but a very low resolution, a hyper hyper compressed American flag. That is the Twitter genius of Donald Trump. Some some random aide who's trying to imitate him might have said all the exact same words and pasted and posted an American flag, but it would have been just a regular high resolution, like you know. From from the White House, like whatever the the White House press um, press offices, like collection of like clip art, uh, it would not not have been like you know whatever like him screenshotting something off of Instagram and compressing it. Like how do you even get that low resolution of a picture? He had to go to like like you know whatever Fox News Fox News dot com to get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never used Twitter, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, maybe he was just using the uh, Giphy, the GIF search option or something. Um, I only check Twitter via Google search engine. That's probably the best way to do it. I got to say, I spend way too much time on Twitter, and it is basically brain heroin. Uh, yay, it's fun, and I really enjoy it, but it makes me feel really bad. Hey, what if you had a little box in your pocket, and every time you were feeling bad, you could press a button on it and it'd make you feel worse? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like... Uh, Christians and masturbating, though. 
I'm sure. I'm sure it is in some way, although I cannot draw the connection you're making here. I mean, it's a little, it's not a box, but it's in your pocket. That's Every true. time you want to feel bad about yourself, just ah, stick your hand in your pocket and ah, sin away. That's true. That's why you got to sew the pockets in your jeans shit closed. <laughs> I was about to say, it's why you got to cut a hole in your pocket in the inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Tuesday's elections, which were like, a barely legit, barely legitimate, like oh, super low voter turnout here in Illinois. What can you do um, though? What can you by, do? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What can you do? I mean, I think, I think you know, at this point, it's it's Bernie can't right. Like it's like unless unless literally Biden dies, there's not there's no way. Um, but I think what he needs to keep doing what he's doing right now, which is like be a leader on the coronavirus response and trying to give something that will actually like some sort of relief to the actual people and not some sort of like weird boondoggle that Trump's going to say, which, you know, everyone gets a thousand dollars, but also, you know, all the, all the, uh, uh, Trump's properties get a $10 billion a piece, you know, um, bailout or the like weird, like half-ass shit. The Democrats in Congress have been doing where it was like, yeah, this has paid sickly for everyone. Unless you work for a company that's less than 50 people or more than 500 people, yeah. which is, Fucking everyone. And like 20% of people it applied to. And what does an extra five days of sick leave get you whenever you're, you know, quarantining or you're half dead? You know, and it takes, you know, however many, I don't know what the recovery time is if you recover, but it's, you know, at least a couple weeks. Yeah. Before, you, yeah. before you're allowed to go back out into public, you know? Exactly. This is why we have to do, like, real serious shit so that the people aren't just, like, their lives destroyed. Because this is, like, the financial crisis, 9-11 and Katrina all happening at the same fucking time, you know? We need to, like, I don't well, know, like, Unlike stop those, all. this is not an inside job. <laughs> That's true. An outside job, you know, uh, brought it to fruition by Bill and Melinda Gates and the Chinese. Mm. I think the Chinese are just as much a victims of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They're the well, real villains. We all are, but somebody we has to are. be their patsy. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and it's know, not Bill, me, Bill, damn it. You won't Bill get me, stepped, Bill. <laughs> Bill stepped down from the board of Microsoft, right, as yeah. all this was happening. Yeah, so I wonder what his that's big about. Move. He's going to mm-hmm. take over and become the one world leader. Um yeah. Gonna be, you know, the he and he and Jeff Bezos will be the Kang and Kodos of uh, of the planet. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That sounds terrible. I'd rather yeah have the the admonition implanted in my brain than that. <laughs> yeah. So let's get on to this episode rather than uh, just venting our spleens about how fucking terrible it all is. Um, so couple bits of follow-up the first one you had the idea that the mind meld vision that that agnes was shown that was the thing that made people go mad and guess what you were totally correct i on the other hand saw those like special those like sketches and thought it was three circles i was totally wrong it was actually eight suns i mean i guess there were three circles in there but it was not supposed to be three circles it was the shape of, of eight mm-hmm. suns and a yeah, way to fuck system. that one up, Edward. Yeah. I know, I'm fucking it up. You've got it though. You've got it. You've got this shit under control. You know what's going on. All of so, it. So, real quick synopsis from Memory Alpha, the only good website, uh, a place of the only good internet website that's just good and true and pure and will make you feel good and not uh, going to give you coronavirus of the mind. When devastating truths behind the Mars attack are revealed, Picard realizes just how far many will go to preserve secrets stretching back generations. All while the La Serena crew grapples with secrets and revelations of their own. Nerissa directs her guards to capture Elnor, setting off an unexpected chain of events on the Borg Cube. So, overall, I mean, I didn't dislike this episode. I liked it more on the second watch. The first one, I was just kind of like, what was that? What the fuck was that? I don't understand. Um, I did did feel just like less like an actual episode of television and more like just setting all the pieces in the right spot so that they could do the big finale because the next two episodes there are the last ones the episode nine and episode ten and they're like a part one part two kind of thing okay yeah cool no what i really like overall? this episode um yeah so thinking back over the different episodes and which ones you've liked the best and which ones i've liked the best now, this one was less of a Star Trek episode, Next Generation episode, as it was a, 
just a sci-fi action movie episode. Um, And I really liked it. I liked it a lot. It's, you know, it's in, on the, the, my favorites in compared to the, uh, the ones I liked less, but you know, it wasn't as much Star Trek as say the, where they go to, um, uh, space Vegas. Like that was Star Trek. Um, this was, this was a, like a, uh, relatively big budget sci-fi movie, uh, episode basically. Yeah, maybe more of like a Battlestar Galactica type vibe where it's just explaining some mystery to you and as people are figuring out, you know, while they're in this like industrial looking space. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't, you know, the dialogue that drove the the episode. It was really, you know, action that drove it. So, yeah. But it was cool. I, I like I the 7 of 9 uh in the Borg scene or in the cube scene, that was badass. Uh Picard was a different character this episode, which was also really good. Everybody was a different character. Everybody's character was new, or at least you know something that hasn't been uh, looked at uh, very much compared to the previous episodes. Yeah, um, I think you're. I think you're right, but I think that is all for a reason. You know, like right. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, setting it up yeah, for can, the ending. You know, everything wrapping yeah, up. Yeah, but like like Picard is more Picard this episode, but also like he just you know. He got to spend time with some friends, recharge, and like got a pep talk. Basically, got his head head straightened. Um, you know, Chris uh, Chris Rios like is traumatized at the beginning of it, and then you know, for very responds to that for obvious reasons. And uh, Gerardi comes out of her coma and kind of is in a different situation. Rafi kind of finally gets to sink her teeth into something. Um, there's all like reasons why they're acting totally different, but you are right. Like these are like everyone's on on totally on one in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. everybody getting to the point where they're supposed to be. You know, they've they finally leveled up, and now they're gonna go take care of the the quest. But yeah, I like so, it. So yeah, that's good. So the plot of this one's a lot of like little short sequences. So I'm gonna kind of like. We could talk about it kind of in, you know, kind of following along some of the character paths, but it all, rather than kind of bit by bit. But uh, it starts off with uh, actually seeing this this thing that you referenced earlier, the admonition. This is where the uh, the thing that makes the the secret that makes the Zatvash go mad, why everything, this is kind of, I guess, the root of it. And my hypothesis that there is some sort of big bad out there it seems to be false, and that it really is just... Commodore O in that you know if there is like something is driving her right she is not uh, it is this you know like but she is the leader of the Zatvash she is the one that made the decision to do this she is the one that um, seems to be in charge to some extent I mean maybe there is someone that she that that she reports up to but like that's not at all clear from this it's just they have so just they they are on this planet that is in the you know middle of an eight star uh, system, and some ancient aliens who are long dead left a symbol like a sign there that shows you what happens if synthetic life gets too far, and they all experience this quote unquote admonition, which causes you to either like be want to kill all the sense or go totally insane and kill yourself. Well, see, I I thought you had got it just right when you said really? that there was some big bad out there, and that's what it seemed that the characters believed as well. Not mm. the that the the admonition was not that the 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 destroyer that the synthetic life itself is what is the problem, but it seemed to me they were saying that when that happens, when the destroyer uh, you know appears, someone else appears. Um, yeah, and I wasn't quite sure the first time I watched it if that's what they were saying or if they meant that they just crossed a line and then there's at this point the synthetic life itself is the thing that brings about the end but it's on the second watch it seemed like they were saying that when the synthetic life is sufficiently advanced this other bad thing appears in the universe or appears in our galaxy or our system and destroys everything or ends up not being very nice yeah i was in the exact same boat you were where i interpreted it at the first time as kind of what seemed logical that like 
okay, you build synthetic life, it takes on a life of its own, just the robots rise up, Terminator style, and start killing everyone, and okay, like, that's happened before. But then you're right, like, on second watch, there really is this whole thing of, like, it's not the robots rising up Terminator style, it is some kind of, like, pan, multi-galactic species shows up and kills everyone, which seems i mean i guess that's a really interesting science fiction concept it's interestingly that's actually one that um has been explored in some recent marvel comics they recently there was like a recent kind of restart of the x-men series by this very science fiction tilting writer named jonathan hickman um that has these whole ideas about uh kind of synthetic life evolving and then these this thing i don't like he has all these names for them i don't remember any of them what they are but they kind of uh, exist kind of outside of the universe and then they come in and absorb you into their kind of continuum and this definitely it could be something along those lines um whether that's like i don't know man like in some sense yeah i was right there is a big bad there is this kind of like multi-galactic threat like beyond everything um but at the same time what i was thinking more of was like who was the person that is causing Narek and uh narissa to try to kill sergey dodge who is the person that caused uh commander o to you know tell agnes gerardi stuff who is the person that uh set up the in did a false flag operation with on on mars and in my mind it was i guess from the beginning it was less about we have to kill the sense to kill we have to uh have the sense kill everyone on Mars to stop sense, but rather we have to kill everyone on Mars uh, using sense to stop the Federation from continuing this Romulan rescue. And the whole Romulan rescue aspect has kind of like fallen off a bit, like after the first couple episodes, maybe after basically once Elner showed up, they kind of wrapped up that, that plot thread. Maybe, I'm not sure if it'll come back at some point, but like, yeah, they, they clearly want to stop the sense, but like, why would they also want to make sure all the Romulans died? Do they care? Do they not care? Maybe they were the ones that caused the sun or the star to go supernova to begin with. You know, that was their plan. Yeah. They were trying to stop the Romulans from, um, you know, bringing about the synthetic life. Hmm. Well, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, I mean, obviously they, 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 they kind of salt, they kind of um, explain several of the mysteries here, but there's still quite a bit left. Yeah. I mean, well, um, with the, you know, if they're going to destroy Mars, which they knew would stop the rescue. They either weren't concerned about all the Romulans on Romulus actually dying. You know, they knew that there would, they would be fine otherwise. Because if they weren't, then they couldn't continue their work to keep synthetic life from being um, created uh, sufficiently. Or they were doing their job by destroying Romulus and then continue to do the job by destroying Mars. Yeah, um, I think the former makes more sense to me because one of the things that is mentioned in one of the early episodes is that, you know, uh, I can't even remember, one of the, the ex-Tal Shiar that hang out with Picard, and one of them says something to the effect of, have you ever wondered why the Romulans don't have any AI? Have you ever wondered why the Romulans don't have any robots? Um, et cetera, et cetera. So I mm-hmm. don't think the Romulans were on, on a path to discover synthetic life um, based on yeah. that earlier conversation. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I guess that, you know, the one other thing that comes out of this is uh, that uh, the Ramda character that was a, an ex an ex Borg and was kind of introducing this idea of the Destroyer is uh, Narissa and Narek's uh, aunt, uh, or at least adopted aunt or adopted mom. It's a little ambiguous. Um, so that's an interesting connection. Um, and uh, it is I do like the idea that when she gets absorbed, or gets assimilated by the Borg, this like flashback memory this admonition is so deep in her consciousness that it causes the borg cube to shut down and basically self-destruct to a certain extent that's actually i think a pretty cool idea and a good explanation that's i think much more interesting than some of the ones we hypothesized is that why. the explanation i did that is how i interpreted episode, it like but it does make a Nar- lot of sense yeah narissa says something to the effect of your grief was so strong that it destroyed the the borg or something along those lines um and I thought that was way more interesting than some of the really like ideas that we had hypothesized that I thought were bad ones, like that there's some sort of like deep historical connection between the Romulan and the Borg or something like that, which I don't think makes a ton of sense. 
Um, one thing that we don't really get here is, is there a connection between the, between the Borg and synthetic life? Is there a connection between the Borg and this kind of threat that happens if you reach synthetic life boundaries? Because the Borg aren't synthetic life. They're cyborgs, hence the name. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, they're, they're not synthetic life, but they're not 100% not synthetic life. Hmm. Yeah. So that's still. Yeah. The Borg connection is still wide open, as well as the yeah. Q continuum connection. Um, if if it, there even is one in this series. Yeah. That was just I, a, a red herring. I think that's probably a red herring, or it is something that's going to show up at the absolute tail end, stinger leading into season two, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because what is what what is the Q continuum except for a big pan galactic threat that could destroy everyone yeah but they've already showed up um yeah so maybe... and they didn't do it the first time you know yeah yeah mm. why why would why would bore why would q have not tried to kill data if they were you know or whatever um so after the flashback um we kind of we see picard and soji beaming aboard uh picard's kind of ready to get back to work and rios totally loses his mind uh, we find out why later. You know, I totally understand the way Rafi does not trust Picard, does not trust uh, that Soji is not going to kill everyone. Like, she's got a pretty legitimate case here. Um, you know. Uh, we have a, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of this, until we get to the end, there's really not a ton to talk about. The EMH, I did I did like we get an explanation for what Gerardi did when we, you know, she's in a coma and the EMH is talking to Picard. She just turned off the medical stuff. She didn't do anything other than that. He just had a bunch of like internal hemorrhaging, and um, she just let him bleed, basically let him bleed internally, which doesn't explain why he looked so crazy when he died. But eh. special effects, man. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I like her her character as much as I disliked her character. Now that she's a good guy, but I guess she did kind of. Give a Mia culpa and is now back on the team. To the extent that she can be, she still had a mind meld like in a like a psychic block put inside of her. Oh, by the way, I think we did we did get a clarification at near the end that O is a half Romulan, half Vulcan. So that is mm-hmm. why why she uh, is on the Romulan side, but also why she could do a mind meld. Um, is the yeah. Romulan culture uh, a? Uh, um, matriarchal culture like is it female led because all the Zotvash were female and you know Dr. Um, Girardi is female um, so n- no they're not to the best of my understanding they're kind of really neither ne- neither explicitly matriarchal or patriarchal gotcha. um, it's funny I was actually so Michael Chabon the showrunner of the show uh, and the novelist um on Instagram, he'll like answer people's questions on Instagram and Instagram stories. And someone had asked something about like, are all Zatvash women? And he says, well, not not explicitly. There's no requirement. It's just that very few men become Zatvash for mm-hmm. various reasons. Um, it's as opposed to the uh, also all female um, uh, nuns that Elnor is a part of. What were they called again? The uh, Kotmalot or yeah. Kotmalot. Kotmalot. Um, yeah, where they are explicitly all female, just Elnor is kind of an exception. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe they're just better fighters, or just it's a look cultural thing, or whatever. That's true. Uh, Narissa does look very good in tights. Um, then we get a, a scene that I actually liked quite a bit, which is Picard back in his office calling Starfleet and talking to the commander in chief uh, Clancy. Um, I thought that was a fun interaction. Uh, you know, Picard kind of going off on her like, "You better give me this shit." And she's like, "Fine, okay, we believe you now. We believe, you know, you can you can get this fleet of ships." Uh, I uh, am excited. That hopefully, we'll get to see some fucking Starfleet starships again. We haven't, except for the memory of um, uh, the kind of like in Picard's dream of the Enterprise, we haven't seen any Starfleet starships. We've just seen Romulan and then Rios' ship. Yeah, civilian ones. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. I don't trust these Starfleet ships that are showing up because um, the Admiral, she seemed to fall right in line and was on his side a little bit too quickly. I don't know. And yeah. She's sending him, sending him back up. Yeah. But because hmm. the Federation's in on it, remember? It's not, 
It's not necessarily just O that that was doing it because she's done a lot. She covered up the uh, issues with Rios. If she's mm-hmm. by herself, then she did a lot by herself and didn't get caught. Well, uh, it could be her and then people who report to her or work for her and do her bidding, but not necessarily anyone above her. Or you know, she might be the top person who's kind of on this, whereas like the rest of Starfleet isn't. And, you know, letting her do it, but isn't explicitly behind her. But to your point, like, it could, we don't know. It could be either one. Clancy could be on, uh, you know, working with O, and Picard just doesn't know that yet. And is she's going to, you know, not let, he, not let him know until the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we do see this fleet of ships, I'm excited. Who's going to be on these ships? Is it just going to be random Starfleet people? Or are we going to get to see Worf? Are we going to get to see Crusher? Are we going to get to see Geordi or someone we haven't seen so far? Uh, we don't yeah. know, yeah. you know. What's the um, uh, the Irish engineer? What's oh, uh, oh, man, dang. Um, oh, O'Brien, um, O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, O'Brien. Yeah, I could think of the actor's name, Cole Meany, but I could think of the yep. character's name for some reason. Yeah, maybe we get to see O'Brien. Um, I don't know where he because he was on deep. I don't know where he ended up in Deep Space Nine, but he's got to be unless he dies. I don't think he dies in that. Anyway, I'm curious. Uh, also, they mentioned a Deep Space Twelve spaceship. I'm excited. Maybe we'll get to see a Deep Space Twelve. Yeah, Where, where's yeah. that going to be? What's that going to look like? So Can we get some. Is Deep Space Twelve a later space station, or is it based on like location, or what's the the numerical? Um, Who knows? Meaning I. I, it might be how far away they are from Earth or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, you know, all I know is uh, it's three more than nine. <laughs> uh, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, we also have uh, one of I th- one of my favorite parts of this whole episode was this series of scenes as Rafi is trying to kind of investigate what's going on with Rios because, you know, Rios is her friend. He totally loses his shit, and she wants to know why. And that leads her down this, like, basically you get to see her getting to be a Starfleet intelligence officer again. Because that's where she was, right? She was an intelligence mm-hmm. officer. Picard kind of plucked her out of that to help, to help him run the Romulan rescue. And then she got kicked out and totally lost her mind, and now she's back. And it was so cool just seeing her, like... Basically inferring what these different like uh, holograms knew from from Rios's life and f- kind of piecing stuff together. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, I'm definitely happy that her character stopped being a you know drunken uh, just jerk of a character. She's actually somebody enjoyable to watch. So it was nice to see her get a win. Yeah. It was also really nice to see uh, all five Rioses in the same room acting really weird. That that was has to have been a fun acting challenge for that guy. Yeah, it looked incredible, nice. too. It was cool. Like, they pulled it off really well. And the the way he's able to physically represent each of the characters, in, on top of them each having a goofy accent, is very fun. <laughs> uh, and Rafi's calling uh, the Irish guy out. It's not even a language. <laughs> <laughs> the... Yeah. the Funny part was whenever they were speaking a foreign language, the subtitles did not tell you what they were saying. They just type like spelled it out phonetically, and it was you know incoherent. Yeah, or the one that's Emmett that was the emergency tactical hologram. I, I was like, what is you know? Because I, I know some Spanish, but not very much. And I was like, I can't make out what he's saying. Added on the subtitles, it just says Spanish. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. Although later on, when Rios himself speaks a little bit of Spanish, it like just puts the Spanish word there. It doesn't translate it, you know. Like he says something like "Emmet ayuda," which is you know, "ayuda" is just help. Um, or he sings this, the song about rice and milk, "Arrozio leche." Uh huh. Um, but interesting, does, you're right. It doesn't translate those either. It just had them in Spanish. Um, so I really love that stuff. I like that when it you know it finally kind of led back to her conversation with Rios. Uh, and you know you kind of Rio's kind of wallering around in his room, being sad, going through all his stuff, which kind of you know kind of begins to unpack who he was. I love that he's clearly really into retro stuff. You know, he's got his cigars, his paper books. He also has some records. Um, I thought that was a fun character bit. Um, I like that the picture he has of his captain is just like a printed piece of paper because it either it, you know maybe this is something he even picked it from the captain, but that's why he's into retro stuff. You know. Um, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the 
I I also noticed you know he had all these books about existentialism. One of them must have been created for the show. It was called Serac and Existentialism. I saw that. Yep, yep, that was cool. Spock's Spock's father, correct? Yes, Spock's father. What was? Who were? How many relatives did Spock have that had characters in the show? There was like an <laughs> yes, aunt and an uncle that came on occasion, right? Like Narek's fought Narek's brother. I don't. So Spock had, uh, I don't remember aunts and uncles, but he had his mom and his dad, Sarek, who was Vulcan, and Amanda Grayson, who was human. Mm-hmm. He had uh, uh, a brother from, uh, Sarek, a, a brother, a half-brother, who was Sarek from a previous marriage named Cybok, who was in Star Trek V. And then he has this adopted sister, Michael Burnham, that they introduce in Star Trek Discovery, which is, she's a good character, but it's honestly, it was a, kind of a silly idea to insert in this extra person, but whatever, they did it, and hmm. it's already okay. happened. Um, but that's it, as far as I can remember. I don't remember any cousins. I mean, there was like Spock's, in the original series, there was an episode where he met his betrothed or something, and they didn't get married. I don't remember the details. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Okay, um, well, I don't know what yeah. I was thinking. Maybe. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I did like, you know, once Rios, so one, so there, we get to what happened with Rios and his captain and why he was traumatized. And on the one hand, it's interesting, right? Like his captain, who's this good guy is put into this position where he has to just murder these two people who he, you know, because they're synths. And that's interesting. Um, and then I like that, you know, one of them is named Jana and looks like Soji and Dodge, who clearly we're going to land on this planet and it's just going to be full of, uh, hot chicks who all look exactly the same. Um, but also there's this other character named Flower. Beautiful Flower. And boy, did that pique my curiosity. The first time through, I was like, what the, f-? I couldn't even tell what they were talking about. I thought it was like, literally there was a plant, like there was a, per- there was like a plant person or something who was a beautiful flower, but Clearly, it is a, a a person, and that person is named, or a synth, and that person is named Beautiful Flower, which is an odd choice and has to mean something. I mean, obviously, there are these orchids that we've been seeing the whole time. Maybe it relates to that. Mm-hmm. So, who do you think it is that's making these synths there? It's not Bruce Maddox, right? Well, he is part of it. Maybe he's not all of it. I mean... We know that uh, we don't know whatever happened to Lore, Data's evil brother. He could be out there too. He could be helping. Okay. Um, one of the things, like like I was thinking, is was Beautiful Flower a replica of Data? Like, could he be um, someone that you know like is going to be played by Brent Spiner? Right now, I figure that Rios would know who Data is. That exact that was what I thought too. That's a reason why not, right? That's a yeah. reason why not because like Data is like a famous Starfleet officer, and Rios was in Starfleet. You know, it would be like whatever, like a soldier not knowing what Colin Powell looked like. You know, you just of course you're gonna know what Colin Powell looks like. He's Colin Powell. Um, but on the other hand, this beautiful flower was clearly a painter. He did that sketch. That we saw uh, Rios looking at of Rios and um, uh, Jana, and Data was a painter. Um, mm. Maybe it's Data without the makeup, and the guy didn't, you know, he didn't have Rios didn't draw the connection that this person um, is also played by Brent Spiner. Also, the name Beautiful Flower, you know, like Raj, Jana, Soji, these are all like name names. Data, Lore. Beautiful flower. Those are kind of like a concept as, uh, as a name. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Um, hmm. Do we know I mean, what I happened think... to daughter? Oh, uh, uh, Data's, Data's daughter from Data's that one. Daughter. Yeah, well, I don't remember her name was, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, she died. She just like basically her Good. everything broke down, and she just like she just straight up died. Died. Uh, no ambiguity about that. Um, yeah. And then before the kind of like proto data is still was, you know, in the Okinawa, you know, uh, research facility, the Daystrom research facility we saw at the beginning of the show. And, but so, you know, lore, it seems like lore seems to still be out there as far as I recall, but yeah. Um, so going, going, jumping back a little bit earlier in the episode, we have some, you know, we have like Picard and Soji have a nice little talk. Um, which kind of helps her realize, you know, what data meant to Picard and what Picard meant to data and vice versa. What did you think about that sequence? 
it was good. Yeah, it was fun. I didn't really understand why she just all of a sudden thought he was a great guy. Um, you know, he wasn't that convincing. But, you know, she's like, oh, he loved you. Like, she's now she knows everything she needs to know. I think I think some of it is she's able to get in the headspace of Data now. You know, like, as she's realizing more and more things, like, she can say, you know put herself in the position that data would have been and, and if this is what data felt then he would have loved you um but i i really liked picard's performance there i really like the um the idea that there was this deep connection between picard and data and part of it was they were both had difficulty expressing emotions yeah, which is like a connection that. which is a connection i i didn't draw on my own like i thought that's a really astute observation yeah i never knew you know, it seemed like Picard obviously loved Data, but mm-hmm. he had such a hard time admitting it then and there. You know, right? Yeah. You know, at the culmination of all this, he couldn't say that he just loved it. He just had to say, "Well, in my way." Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So we also have a nice little uh, conversation with Gerardi and Picard when Gerardi wakes up. Um, you know, and mostly kind of gives us some plot stuff that we've already discussed. But I did like one little bit, which is when she says, "Do you believe in hell?" And Picard makes this His amazing face. He's face. Like, uh, what do you think? I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> as if she and if she had asked me, "Do you believe that leprechauns are real?" You yeah. know, yeah. Had had there been anything else there aside from what he did, I would have been like, "No, that's not how Picard feels." But that was perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's that yeah. was. Probably, uh, um, what the hell is Patrick Stewart's like? No, this is what we're gonna do, guys, because this is yep. this is the truth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, that was great. So then we get to the sequence that um, the first watch, I was just like, "What the fuck am I seeing?" Which was all of them sitting around a table, very much just explaining all the exposition of what happened, and some of it, like it. That 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 they all kind of figured out what was going on. We've already discussed most of this in the at the start, but like, it is so weird to me how Raffi and Picard would know any of the things that they said. Now, Gerardi and Soji have like these kind of memories that they are unlocking right now, and you know, and of course, Rios only had one thing to share, which was literally an experience that happened to him. But how do Raffi and Picard know that stuff? Raffi has conspiracy theories. Picard just knows what the other people have told him. Well, I think that the time is a little uh, a little different than the way it's portrayed. Yeah. Rafi and Picard have already talked about this, and they decided, let's get everybody together and just lay it all out there. And then that's what they did. You know, yeah. Everybody knew a little bit or knew the, the, you know, the basics, but then they kind of you know, went back through it and just put everything down. On their park sense. picnic table, yeah. which I was so pissed about. Like it's just, well, it was just know, a picnic. It was a I like it was. Nice. Those are the nice park picnic tables, but you know I think <laughs> Rios could have splurged a little bit more if he was going to get the uh, the uh, service uh, hollows and everything. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good. It is a pretty Spartan ship in that kind of like central area, as opposed to often the quarters, which are a little bit nicer. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that actually this reminded me of one thing that I m- meant to mention earlier. One thing I did not like was the synth connection to Rios. Because everyone else, it makes sense. They are there because they have a connection to the synths. Rios is just some guy. He is just a friend of Rafi's who was hired to do this work, right? Who was hired to be the ship's, to have a ship. There's no reason why he he would happen just by total coincidence to have a connection to synths that would be useful in this scenario. You know, and I don't want to, like, beat the drum on, like, hating coincidences or whatever in movies and stuff or in TV shows. But that one was just a little bit too far for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. It gets a little bit, it gets a little bit too much. His captain did not kill himself is what happened. That was all yeah. something different. That His memory was not what happened. Oh. Maybe he got mind-melded and blocked. And that's why it causes him so much trauma. And... You know that when they go down there, that's who Beautiful Flower is. Is going to be his boss or his his captain. That is a very very interesting theory because I was reading that just as like ah, this is just some kind of hokey writing. It's that thing that I don't like where like 
everything's connected, which just makes the world feel small as opposed to feeling like, you know, these are just people in this huge world. But your theory that there's a meaning, there's a reason for that is actually pretty compelling. And uh, hopefully it will be that and not just a dumb, hacky coincidence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been right about everything else. You know what? I would say you've been right about everything in this show and you've been right about everything forever. <sighs> Thanks, bro. You're welcome, bro. Did you buy that uh, Pornhub stock that I told you to? The Italian <laughs> Pornhub stock? I mean, no. that, their prices have been shooting up. It's the only bright spot on the, the NASDAQ. They've, yeah. Did you know that they're offering free Pornhub premium to all uh, Italians? <laughs> That's true, uh, that, that's and good. I know it's that's true nice. because I changed my VPN to an Italian <laughs> VPN, and they opened the doors. They said, "Come on in." Well, my stock my stock tip would have been to buy uh, stock in Zoom and other sort of like telework solutions, but I think yours is probably a more interesting one. So. There's a little bit left in the show before we go totally off the rails, which is Soji stealing the ship, which, you know, was also kind of confusing. But, I, you know, they all, they all ended up in a good spot, agreeing, agreeing to kind of continue on to her home world. I did like Picard sitting down in the captain's chair and being like, uh, I don't know how this ship works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And we also have what, one of my favorite parts of the episode, which is the conversation between Picard and Rios as they're like heading towards this tr- Borg transwarp portal that it's going to take them all the way there. Um, I thought that was just like a, a really good, like those two characters are really good together when they were back in like episode two or three, when they first introduced Rios, I thought that was one of the best parts of the show was those like, was those two having a conversation. And I think this was another one, really good one too. Um, I like Picard's little inspirational speech about how, you know, we have openness and optimism in the line fear is the great destroyer is pretty good that was a pretty good classic picard line mm-hmm. um yeah uh one thing that i didn't like though um was when uh soji looks down at her compass and it's pointing towards the trans warp thing and is that is that just visual symbolism or is this some kind of like a magic compass that points home and if so how does how is she supposed to know that that's no, right. remember in the episode before when the uh, what's her name Riker's daughter gave it to her. Yeah, she Kestra, says it, yeah. it doesn't work. You've just got to pretend that it's pointing in the right direction. It, it's not like it was. Uh, they were okay. going north. There is no north. It okay. couldn't possibly work. Edward is the thing. That's the thing. Is I, I think it being just a symbol as it is. She is going in the right direction. Is good. I like that. If it is something instead, where it's like. Somehow, through hook or by crook, they've gotten her this thing that looks like a compass, but is actually some sort of tracking device that always points towards her home or whatever. That would be stupid, and I would hate if that's the case. I This is something I didn't notice on the first watch, but on the second watch, I got anxious that they were going to do some kind of... The compass uh, has... A, I, I don't think know, so, because it moved the same way as it moved in the previous episode. Yeah. Like, it didn't... All of a sudden, line up and go ding, 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 and point. You know that yeah. that would be crazy. Yeah. Also, because it would also need to take into account the the wormhole that they're about to go into. Yeah, because I doubt. Yeah, it. that's a good point. Anyway, yeah, so I think you've, you've convinced me. You've convinced me. And of course, it makes sense that it wouldn't that a, that an Earth compass wouldn't work on some other planet because it's got a different magnetic field. I mean, it could be in any compass, Edward. It could it's be a true. Mars compass. It's very true. But it still wouldn't work if you're on some other planet because it would have a different magnetic field. Wouldn't it always point toward one of the poles? Yes, but that pole may not be uh, in the same the same north and the rotational north. You know, just like our magnetic north is close to the rotational north, but it's not the same. You might also have a planet with variable magnetic okay. fields uh, or yeah, something right. like that. Yeah, you know. Cool, cool, cool. Whatever. Shut um, up, Edward. Yeah. I just know too much about magnets and how they work. <laughs> um, so back on the uh, back on oh, and then uh, you know right as they bop into that transwarp, we see Narek's ship un- uncloak or presumably Narek uncloak and follow them into the transwarp. Which how did he know that they were there? Like, maybe he was just guessing that they would eventually. I think get that there. he was guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess again we'll find out next episode. Um, yeah. So the, I mean, he knew where they were going. 
So he was waiting by the closest way that they would get there. And that's what happened. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. He would also know that she, when she activated, she would be able to, you know, know this Borg stuff that she, you know, didn't know that she knew, but then now knows that she knows. Well, how would he know that she would know that? Well, because she'd been he'd been uh, watching what she was looking at when she was working in the board cube and stuff like that. Okay, so he would probably know that she yeah. has that information. He didn't necessarily yeah. know. Gotcha. Yeah, right. yeah. So, but speaking of the board cube, um, that's the kind of other plot thread going on. Is Seven shows up, rescues Elnor. We get some good El- Elnor fighting Romulans with a sword uh, Boy, action. At- we were talking about last episode how he I said he seemed extremely scared like he was lost and he was lonely and that was exactly the case because he was so happy to see Seven of Nine when she rolls up he just gives her a hug and he doesn't quit smiling until he thinks he's about to get assimilated and I don't think he (laughs) was too concerned he was like do you want to assimilate me now? Assimilate me now or assimilate me later? Um, You know I mean he's just ready for adventures man (sighs) He's ready to not be dead. He's ready to have his first girlfriend be a Borg. Yeah. Queen, that is. Yeah. So. A little but Borg now, king. A little Borg prince. <laughs> uh, now, I thought yeah. that was really cool. So, it was, again, it was more sci-fi show, sci-fi movie, yeah. action movie, as opposed to Star Trek. But I, re- I thought it was pretty cool. The actual yeah. connection scene was great, aside from yes. the actual connections. Like, they just went right through her leather jacket or something. It was weird. Yeah, they could be, it could be connecting just via, like, magnets. <laughs> just uh, bring it back to magnets. Yes, Edward. Yes, I will go ahead and uh, yield to your magnet knowledge. <laughs> those, are, those are neodymium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, good, it's the good kind. You gotta get uh-huh. the good magnets. It's rare earth magnets. Yeah. How'd the board get them, then? Uh. Anyway. Uh, rare Borg magnets. Um, the the one thing I don't know, like it, you're right, it looked really cool, like the way she connected in and the way, like the whole like um, her be, as Borg Queen being somewhat separate from her as uh, Annika Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that kind of ambiguity about that relationship was really interesting. I'm curious where they're going to take that from here. But in the end, it kind of seemed pointless. Almost all the Borg died, except for like, I don't know, a dozen XB. How many millions of Borg do you think that was? Like that starship, or the Borg cube is fucking enormous. Yeah. And, I mean, they're packed in there at at like, uh, you know, geometric uh, uh, levels. You know, it's it's the most uh, efficient way they could pack them in there. So, and just looked like there was millions of them. I felt bad. Yeah. I can you yeah. imagine like how pissed off she is now? I think that yeah, she's man. she's going to just go ahead and become the Borg Queen. And yeah. she'll find she can leave whenever she wants or quit when she wants and she's gonna say, Fuck it. I'm gonna go hmm. take care of some fools with my cube. I think so. I think that I also really like the little like uh, you know the cube is being repaired. All these little like uh, Ooh, beetles. drone looking beetles. Yeah, they look like yeah. beetles were like repairing the outside of it. So she's gonna take that board cube and go merc some Romulans and mm-hmm. merc some tall Shiar at least. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was pretty much it. Um, I have a favorite line, which was uh, the windmills have turned out to be giants uh, from Picard. Um, that was definitely the coolest line. Um, and so I decided to let you have that one. My yeah. favorite line was whenever Girardi walks out and she's like, Hey, everybody, I'm back from being crazy and I'm not murdering anyone anymore, murdering people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it is kind of nice to have her back as Girardi again, somewhat, yeah. you know? Yeah. Not this kind of, not what we had the past couple episodes. She is on Suicide Watch, though. That's definitely true. Oh. I mean, they, she literally got zapped with the suicide vision that caused you know Romulans to rip their faces off, and those had to be like hard ass Romulans. These were like top tier operators, yeah. And this yeah. this drove them to suicide, mm-hmm. smashing yeah. their face in with rocks. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. That's a hard way to die. The one that just blasted herself, like that's much easier than smashing your own head in with a rock. Yeah. Y'all thought I was a fool when I brought this blaster. <laughs> Look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you over there beating yourself to death with a rock like a chump. Mm-hmm. That's what I always say about handguns. Better 
better to have one when you don't need it than to not have one than to only have a rock when you do (laughs) (laughs) now's the time to stock up uh man i've made that joke to several people and they're like oh yeah i've got all my guns they're laying out on my bed right now locked and loaded (laughs) people are just ready to shoot somebody Man, there is a huge spectrum of, of this country whose all they've ever wanted is to get to kill someone and not get in trouble. Because you can go kill someone right now, but you're going to get in trouble. People want to kill someone and not get in trouble. Yeah, that's true. Um, give it a wake. Yeah, we'll see. So, uh, before we go, I had a fun idea maybe that for something we can do after... Uh, maybe after... Um, We've seen the finale, uh, or maybe even between episodes uh, 9 and 10, which is, there's this website called Netflix Party, where it's a Chrome extension where you can all watch the same episode of our Netflix TV show or movie in sync with a little chat box over on the side. So we could do a Bro Trek Live watch-along of a fun Star Trek The Next Generation episode. It would be um, like in MSD3K. Yeah, I don't know if you get audio. I haven't tried it before. It might just be chat rooms, uh, a chat mm-hmm. box, but that'd still be fun to watch, especially like a campy one. There's there's one from season one that I particularly love that they basically go to a planet where all people do is have sex and exercise, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So that I'm might for it. Awesome. Well, I will uh, see if people are interested, and we can do this in the next couple weeks while we all are locked inside having Corona madness. Oh my gosh, I just made me think, you know, sex parties are going to become, you know, the new thing. It's not worth it to go out and drink, unless it's drinking with a bunch of people that have already consented to have sex. That's true. You know, why waste your time at a bar where it's probably not going to happen? For some people. Especially when you go to the bar, you're definitely going to die. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely going to die sometime. You got to give everyone, everyone has to get a uh, coronavirus test and then welcome to the orgy. <laughs> well, I mean, tests are, uh, you know, we're, we're taking your word for it. We don't want to leave any pretty people out. <laughs> that's true. That's true. true. The hotness test is more important. Mm, yeah. It's like the, the roundabout AIDS test. Do you know about What's the roundabout that? AIDS test? No, I don't know that. Hey, Edward, do you know anybody who has AIDS? No. You know me. Well, you know me, so I don't have AIDS. Get it? It's roundabout. It's a Mitch Hedberg, and I fucked it up, but whatever. Uh, cool. All right. Well, <laughs> see you all uh, next week, and have a good night. Hasta la vista.